Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast where turnover is vanity, profit is sanity, and cash is king. In this podcast, I'll bring you resources, tips, interviews, and lots more to help to grow your business and make it less dependent on you. Hi, welcome to the Dan Bradbury podcast. I'm Topher Morrison, your guest host for today. Dan can't come to his own podcast. He's stuck in the upside down world in Stranger Things and of course can't be released until volume two, season four comes out. Well, while he's there, he's gonna be prepping up for his success mastermind coming up June 21st and 22nd. And in that mastermind, which his theme is gonna be all about scaling and growing your business, but inside the mastermind, we're gonna be hosting the second annual Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition, where Dan's going to, Dan is going to be giving away 10,000 pounds to whichever company can convince the audience that they should win the crown. Uh, today, I get the dubious honor of interviewing one of those companies. It's a partnership between Jill Kelly and Matt Hall, and their company, get this, what a cool name, Making Stuff Better. So we're gonna interview them, find out what stuff they do make better and how they've succeeded during these troubled times. So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Jill Kelly and Matt Hall from Making Stuff Better. Jill Kelly and Matt Hall from Making Stuff Better. Thank you so much for being on the call. It's great to have you here. I, I can't wait to learn a little bit more about your business. So first I'll say this, I love the name of your company. Uh, I, I love unusual names and not like unusual like Google or some weird name, mm. but just the way people use the, the English language to come up with a name, which makes you not understand exactly what it's about, but it kind of teases you a little bit as well. So I'm, I'm assuming I'm probably first, I'm probably not the first person to compliment you on your company name or even go, what the hell is making stuff better? So let's start with that, right? Like what do you do when people go, what is making stuff better? Are you a production company? Do you build things? What do you do? What do you tell them? What's your, what's your pitch, if you will? We often tell the story about we, being uh, in John Lewis. We make stuff better. Go for it, Jill. Uh, Jill, you just interrupted Matt. Not a problem. That's probably used to happening all the time. So Matt, just <laughs> sit there for a second and let's let Jill talk about it. And then we'll have you you, you jump in as well. Because you guys are business partners, right? We are business partners, yes. And friends. Yes, we are. Oh, very good. So Jill, we'll let you go first and then Matt will we'll hear your pitch. Okay. That's the problem where we've got two of us. We can talk over each other. Um, so yeah, when people ask us about the name, I often tell the story about being in the cafeteria in John Lewis in Bristol. Uh, and Matt and I were coming up with the name for the company. Um, and uh, we had Matt and his wife and very small three children sort of sat around the corner, dying to get going, and we had this time pressure to come up with a name. Um, and at that point, our company was going to be about going into schools and working with them. And Matt turned to me and said, well, we just want to make stuff better, right? Is that That's what you want to do? We went, oh, I think that's the name. Um, so we ended up calling ourselves Making Stuff Better, or MSB, which is often known as that. But that our driving, our driving mantra has always been to whatever we do, wherever we are working with whoever, uh, we leave with yeah. the place in a better shape than when we arrived. Very cool. Now, I, I love that, by the way. Obviously, it does create a few interesting challenges that maybe if you named your company, you know, um, 
I don't know, Bristol Coaching and Consultancy LLC or something that kind of was more self-explanatory. That's fine, but it's boring as well. So it does present some challenges. So Matt, how do you, how do you handle that when people ask you what is making stuff better? Like what kind of stuff do you make better? What do you tell them? Uh, well, I mean, essentially we provide what we call regenerative spaces, um, which is a not real spaces, although as we unlock, they're becoming increasingly real spaces where people who run schools can really think, reflect um, on who they are and what they do in order to run their schools better. So we now make stuff better for people running international schools. Now, I want to talk to you about that because when I went to your website, I was actually initially confused when I saw that term regenerative spaces. And I thought, oh, these guys, they design, and maybe they're a feng shui company and they design spaces to make it be more healthy and more creative. And then as I, I kept reading, I got a little bit more clear that you are uh, really, uh, you're a leadership. Co- well, let me share with you my impression is that what I got out of it is that there's a lot of leadership coaching involved in what you do, not redesigning desk space or what have you. So uh, am I am I on the mark? Am I off the mark? Or am I doing okay? Because there's those challenges. And I want you to unpack that term for me. What do you mean when you say regenerative spaces? No, you're on the mark. Um, most of the, almost, I mean, maybe we'll come to this, almost everyone we work with by the time they come to our website have already heard from us by someone else who works with us. So mm-hmm. um when they get to our res- website, we want them to feel like they've got a space or they're going to get a company that looks after them and can create the right conditions for them. Um, mm. They don't want a leadership coach um, necessarily. I mean, they need a leadership coach, but they don't think that they want one. Um, and the coaching comes with so many misconceptions um, mm. and comes with a particular flavor, I think, particularly in the corporate world around performance coaching um, which has absolutely got its place and it's a lot of what we do. But most of the time when people are engaging us, it's because they're looking to really think far more deeply um, and reflectively on where they've got to in the work that they're doing and hmm. they're up in the morning. Jill, let me ask you a question. So, so how do you deal with that then? Because by the way, Matt, I, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of people, not a lot, everyone needs some element of coaching but a lot of them don't feel they do. And so how do you get past that? How do you overcome that where somebody said, they're going, Oh, I've tried, I've tried leadership coaching before. It didn't work. How do you, how do y'all separate yourself from the uh, admittedly vast swath of coaches that are out there? What do you do or what do you say to separate yourself from that pack of the general impression of coaching? So, our company comes from a place of understanding the market that we serve, which is schools. And Matt and I's background, we were school leaders in the, in the UK, um, and we ended up serving international school leaders around the world. Um, so uh, we now coach over 200 school leaders in every continent around the globe, serving nearly a quarter of a million of children, um, quarter of a million children around the world. So we are market leaders in that space. Mm. And so our niche is around that, that area. Um, but bottom line is that you can't coach someone who doesn't want to be coached. So you are um, offered as a service yeah, um, to leaders who are wanting to take up that service um, and are coming for a, yeah. with a very specific area they, they wish to work with. And our role is to then help them go through that transitional period where they're going from where they are to where they want to be. Um, and in the end, we've now got four yeah. years of 
data, stats, um, transformations, um, stories of people who have actually achieved what they want to achieve. So now we're in the place of being yeah. a market leader. We, we've got some integrity there, I think. That's great, too. And I think, by the way, the fact that you have such a specific niche of working with leaderships, uh, 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 teaching, uh, what did you say, lead, teaching leaders or, or leaders, leaders of in, in school, school or school leaders? I can't remember what the yeah. term was. There we go. Yes. I think that's a really great way to separate yourself to where there's so many coaches that are out there that are generalists and they kind of have mm. this impression that like they can work with anybody about everything. And a lot of people call themselves executive coaches and they're not. They're actually life coaches that just get people that use that term. And I think for you to sit there and say, we focus exclusively on school leaders from, you know, principals to directors to like, I don't know what those, I know nothing about that industry really well, but, uh, um, but you know, you've got your category of people that you work with. I think that's a really cool niche to be able to sit there and, and separate yourself from the coaches that are out there. Let me ask you this, you guys right now, you're, you're, you're in the finalists, by the way, congratulations for the ultimate entrepreneur competition at Dan Bradbury's mastermind coming up June 21st and 22nd. So this is right around the corner. It's like in about a week or two weeks. I can't, I can't remember exactly what today is because I've been traveling so much, but I know it's coming up. So uh, a couple of things. First and foremost, what do you feel it was that you your company did over this past year to qualify you to become a finalist in the Ultimate Entrepreneur camp Competition and compete for that 10,000-pound cash prize? What, uh, what, do you, what do you think it was that pushed, pushed you over the edge for the judges? I think it's difficult to pin it down to one thing. Um, you know, we've been working with Dan and his team for two years now. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't, I, 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 we do what we say we'll do. Um, so we show up, we work with Dan and his team to come up with a plan. It gets revised, it gets kicked around with our PMM colleagues and SMM colleagues. Um, mm -hmm. And then we, I remember someone saying all the way along, just do what they tell you to do. And it's not straightforward, is it? There's no manual here, right? It's not straightforward. It's a novel idea, right? Actually do what you're told. I, I always, one of my favorite phrases is that advice only works if you use it. Right. And so many people, they collect all this advice and get all these opinions and they never implement it. So uh, it's brilliantly simple strategy. Do what they tell you to do. <laughs> what are some things that he's told you to do over the past couple of years that has has increased? I mean, obviously, you're getting some value out of it or you wouldn't be in it for two years. So what are some of the things that you've been doing as a result of the program um, that's allowed you to kind of stay in that forefront and that edge? I think becoming uh, financially literate, we thought we were financially literate, um, but it, it took us to a whole sort of new level and uh, enabled us to forecast, project, link forward at least five years um, where do we want the company to go? And so expanded our vision um, is, is one area and also the financials that we needed to uh, structure to be able to allow the vision to unfold and to happen. So to be proper grown up business people um, is um, a little badge. I am a business person um, as a result of that. So there's the there's the nuts and bolts side of it, which has been um, quite liberating, yeah. actually. Have you been able to take some of the um, concepts that Dan shares with you inside the mastermind program for the past two years and transfer that over into the clients that you've worked with as well? Because, 
you know, education is not the same as entrepreneurship, but yet there are a lot of dovetails and crossovers. And I don't think a lot of people from the outside looking in, like I would never come to my I would never think that a principal has to be aware of budgets and numbers and stuff because it's a school, right? So we, we've kind of separated this whole notion from the monetary side of it to the scholastic side of things. But I would assume that they need to be able to learn and, and run their numbers and, and understand their conversion rates just like any other company would as well. Am I right on that or does, does it ever translate at all? Uh, you're right on that. I don't, think, I don't think we could say hand on heart that we've taken some of the content from um, what we get from Mastermind and apply it to school principals because a lot of the, they don't have the same entrepreneurial freedom mm. that a business owner does often right. in their heart of much mm. bigger system. But to answer your question directly, um, we, 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 <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, we, we set up a mastermind. We run um, a cohort of, of masterminders who sit around a table on a regular basis and mastermind the challenges that each of their schools is facing. And it's one of our um, most profitable, in fact, it is our most profitable course. Um, That's fantastic. That's, um, listen, I mean, the mark of it, I don't know who said this. It's been falsely attributed to way too many people. So now I don't even try. But uh, I, I, I love this notion that a true leader doesn't create more followers, but a true leader creates more leaders. And I think that for like, hopefully, you know, as Dan's watching this broadcast, he'll be able to, to feel good knowing that maybe one of the inspirations that came out of being a part of that mastermind was to actually duplicate a similar process into your service as well, because in some tertiary effect, he's also helping to create more leaders that way. So I think, I think it's fantastic. That's awesome. Let me ask you this. Um, if somebody's sitting here and they're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, contemplating whether or not they should even come to the to the success mastermind on June 21st and 22nd, you're going to be there. You're going to be featured. You're one of the finalists. You, you're, you're both going to be delivering the presentation. Um, what are some, some, uh, some teasers, some tidbits of what are the what are the gems that you're going to drop with the audience there that maybe you can kind of tease us a little bit and share with you? Well, like what are some of those concepts that you'll be able to share with the audience that they'll be able to hopefully duplicate similar results in their business that you've been able to do inside of yours? You don't have to come up with them all, but just maybe one or two. So I, mean, I think I one think... of the biggest ones that um, we were. Oh, go <laughs> There's always that delay. It's okay. Matt will let you go this time, and then Jill, you yeah. can follow yeah. up and, and yeah. share yeah. with uh, share with us what your thoughts are. So go for it, Matt. The biggest strategy that we've executed, which has been you know learned and built in collaboration with Dan, is is just the eighty twenty rule. You know that eighty percent of your business is sitting with twenty percent um, of your clients, and every time we think that there's other clients or potential clients and leads out there that we need to go and find where we are reminded and brought back to adding and delivering more value for the people that we've got. Um, and, yeah. and the, 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 the role of building relationships and delivering more value to those existing relationships um, is absolutely behind the success of our business. And we'll be able to speak more to that point um, at the mastermind. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, good. So the 80, 20 rule, applying that, getting rid of your bottom, 80% focusing on those 20% and then doing it over again and repeating. Uh, Jill, what about you? What are some of the tidbits that you're going to share with the group? Yeah, so I was going to, that's what I was going to say actually around adding value. So the, how do you add value to your existing customers? Um, and we'll be talking a bit about that, but also about what gets you out of bed, uh, why you do it. Uh, obviously, Simon Sinek is famously quoted on 
people buy uh, um, why you do something or, or what what will you do so uh, the why um, and how that yeah. sustained us during maybe a quarter which we haven't found has gone the way we planned it to um, but then comes out the other side and she was stuck to our values yeah. and stuck to what we do because of the why um, and there you, there you can see that um, in our figures things have really gone well for us so by sticking to your values and the, the core purpose of what you do um, why that is ultimately profitable. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, let me dig a little bit deeper then. I uh, love that answer. Why do you guys do what you do then? What, what, what makes you guys stick it out? Because you've been, uh, now, just in case anybody's wondering, you are not married, you are business partners, um, which means that you are still probably work wife and work husband for yeah. sure, stepping on each other, answering the same questions happens all the time, right? Um, uh, you've, you've, you've had a rough, uh, or have you had a rough time during COVID? Did you have to pivot? And, and why do you guys do what you do? What made you stick through it? Mm. Matt, you go. Uh, what made us stick through it? I, I guess they, I can answer both questions. When you've got uh, a head teacher who's running a school in China and the well-being and fortunes of 2,000 children and 200 staff are sitting on his or her shoulders and the only person they can talk to about that challenge and how they navigate that rapidly changing situation is you or someone who's trained by you in your company. And you know that if you can get that right and you can provide the space for that person to regenerate and go back into that school and lead that school through such extreme crisis, um, and then in turn, 2,000 kids benefit. And you can multiply that by 100, so you've got 250,000 kids benefiting from that leadership. Uh, that's yeah, wow. Wow. That's, by the way, that's the perfect answer. And, and, you know, that wasn't a scripted thing. I didn't tell you, I was going to ask you that question. So I can tell that that's, that's, that's an authentic why for you. And like, like right now, if I were the head teacher of a school or if I was in charge of a school and I had hit, I would be sending them your way just because I heard the fact that you, you really do get it, that you're not just influencing one person at a school. You know that that influence then is going to create a ripple effect to all of the students underneath them as well, which is just, pretty inspiring. By the way, that's a heavy burden that you put on yourself as well, right? You, you realize now the burden that you've placed upon yourself that you're not just working with one person at a school, but all of those people at the school as well. It, it, that's an awesome burden and one that it sounds like you guys are both up for the challenge for as well. I, I can't wait to meet both of you. Are you both going to be presenting at the Ultimate Entrepreneur Competition or is it just going to be one of you? Both of us. Excellent. All right, cool. So you'll have to, you have to make sure you have that tag team operation going on real well there. Um, I cannot wait to meet you in person. I can't wait to hear the story about how making things better, uh, sorry, not making things, making stuff better um, has evolved over these years. If any of you that are, might be listening to this podcast or watching the podcast know anyone, and I'm sure you do, who's affiliated in the educational system and you'd like to make sure that those head teachers are getting the, the, the coaching that they need to make sure that they're creating positive ripple effects in the children out there, send them to makingstuffbetter.com. That's the name of the company. That's the name of the website, makingstuffbetter.com, which I think is just an awesome name. Uh, uh, Jill, Matt, thank you for the work that you do and the stuff that you make better. I am honored to meet you in this medium, and I can't wait to shake your hands and give you a hug. 
uh, if we're allowed to do that nowadays with COVID, I'm not too sure. An elbow bump or a high five, I'm not sure. Um, coming up June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Uh, best of luck to you in the competition, and we will see you in a few weeks. Cheers. Thanks so much. There you have it, the interview with Jill and Matt. Now, if you'd like to meet them, you may do so at Dan Bradbury's Success Mastermind coming up June 21st and 22nd in Warwick. Uh, but not only will they be there, but also the other competitors competing for the prize of Ultimate Entrepreneur. But in addition to that, we have two special guests. We have Nigel Shanahan and Simon Inchley. Nigel was able to successfully grow and scale his business and exit for a high eight-figure sum. Uh, he's gonna be there to share with you how he did it. And then we got Simon, who is the founder of Gresham LLP, a private equity firm, which was over responsible for over $750 million in assets and also was able to successfully scale and exit for a high eight-figure amount as well. So they're both going to be there sharing with you some of their strategies on how they did that and how you can apply it to your business as well. So I hope to see you there June 21st and 22nd at Dan Bradbury's Success Mastermind. Until then, let's all try a little harder to be a little better. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners.